Hi, you're listening to Sergeant Dorsey Speaks podcast produced by the Get Global Network. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Hi, everybody. It's Tuesday, so let's get to it. You know, I often say that police are the the gift that keeps on giving because it is just so much that goes on across the nation with police officers um, in black and brown communities and poor white communities that, you know, I could probably talk about this on a daily basis if I wanted to, but to be quite honest with you, there are some days when I really just have to step away. I get so much information sent to me uh, on my social media platforms from people about police shootings, in custody deaths, aggressive police behavior that doesn't necessarily lead to a fatality, but it's just so much. And uh, sometimes I really, to be honest with you, I just have to take a step away and not consume Um, so much of this. But there are some things that are going on that I want to speak about. And there are some things that I want to remind everybody about that um, occurred some time ago, because I I think, you know, a lot of times police departments, police chiefs and others expect and count on our short term memory and, and believe that they can say something to us in the instant that will placate us And then down the road, you know, we forget because now there's another outrageous, egregious incident that's occurred and um, we don't really pay attention to whatever happened to this case or whatever happened to that case. And so to that extent, I want to talk about um, an incident that happened back in July of 2017. Uh, There were three Georgia police officers. They actually were. Uh, Washington County Sheriff deputies, and they were involved in an in-custody death with a 58-year-old gentleman by the name of Yuri Lee Martin. And this incident occurred in July of 2017. The officers were finally indicted in December of 2017, and they were sent before a grand jury. And what happened during the grand jury testimony is that typically in um, this particular county, a court reporter is not required during grand jury testimony. And so the officers were not going to speak during this grand jury and um, they excused the court reporter. Well, I guess that was a problem because there's a rule or some policy that says whenever there's a police officer that's involved in a grand jury hearing, whether they testify or not, the court reporter must be present and must be taking notes. And because this court reporter had been excused, the case was um, thrown out. Imagine the family of Yuri Lee Martin, who had been uh, tased to death, basically, by these three Georgia police officers. Imagine their disgust when they found out that the case was thrown out of court because of a technicality. And so they fought, evidently, because the case was reinstated in June of this year, and there was a new indictment. And now the three deputies by the name of Henry Lee Copeland, Michael Howell, and Rhett Scott are going to face 
felony murder charges, false imprisonment, reckless conduct, and a plethora of other criminal offenses. And the reason that this is, is because there was video, thank you, Jesus. There was video of the incident. Of course, the officers had their version and, and, it, and it didn't coincide with the video, which showed Mr. Martin backing away from the officers at the moment that he was tased and then writhing on the ground in pain as they continued to uh, inflict punishment, if you will, on him. And of course, he succumbed to his injuries. So the family will get their day in court June of this year, new grand jury indictment. So we'll have to wait and see. I'll kind of monitor this and report on the goings on with this particular case so that we don't have this short-term memory problem that we seem to suffer from. You know, for us, it, it, it goes away and we don't think anything of it until it happens again somewhere else, but the families are left to deal with this and, and they never get over it. So I'll keep my eye on the Yuri Lee Martin trial that is hopeful to come in Washington. On other law enforcement police-related news in Florida, Stand Your Ground is being weighed again in the case of Marquise McLaughlin. And for those of you who may not know the story, in July or July 19th of this year, Marquise McLaughlin was at a convenience store or convenience mart with his girlfriend and children. And I think maybe he had parked in a handicapped parking stall and his girlfriend was confronted by this uh, gentleman who had issues with people parking in handicapped stalls and confronted the young woman. And Marquise, realizing that someone was being very physical with his woman, came outside and pushed the guy out of the way. And of course, this guy's response was to shoot him and he killed him. And what the... um man said who ultimately shot Marquise was that he was scared because he had been pushed from behind and he says I'm not really a physical guy and so he was standing his ground and he was defending himself because he was the one who had been under attack and of course there was video from the store cameras which showed a very different scene showed that Marquise was not the aggressor and that he was actually stepping back and away from this gentleman once he pushed him and there was really no uh, reason for him to have shot in self-defense and standing his ground. This was something that he made up. And this guy had a history of, of threatening people with handguns over these handicapped parking spots um, because by his own admission, he it's a hotbed issue, he says, with, with him. And uh, he had a girlfriend who's passed away now. He had a girlfriend who was handicapped and I believe a mother-in-law who was handicapped. And so he really took issue with people who he thought were parking in these spaces designated for folks with a handicap and, and they should not be there. And I guess he decided he was going to make himself the handicapped parking police. And so um, he's preparing for trial. And one of the things that he said was that if he was given uh, the same situation, he would do absolutely nothing different. Uh, he He would conduct himself in the exact same manner. And so um, obviously he has no contrition, no uh, remorse, if you will, about having taken this young man's life in front of his girl and his um, his children. So uh, we'll have to monitor that and uh, continue to 
pay attention to see what happens in the case of Marquise McLaughlin in Florida with this Stand Your Ground shooting. And then over the weekend in Arlington, Texas, there was a police shooting of a young man by the name of O'Shea Terry. O'Shea Terry was sitting in his car in an SUV with a buddy, and I guess they were smoking some marijuana, and this officer somehow happened upon them, um, walked up to the passenger side of the vehicle, said he had smelt some marijuana and was trying to have a conversation with uh, the driver, O'Shea. And uh, at some point during the encounter, O'Shea rolls up his window, starts up his engine, and, and he drives off. Well, when he did that, this officer jumped on the running board on the side of the SUV, held on uh, with his hands in the window to the extent that he could because the window was being rolled up. And then, of course, he fired five rounds into the into the fleeing vehicle and, and ultimately killed O'Shea Terry, who was 24 years old at the time. And so as I watched the video, you know, as a police supervisor, what comes to my mind is that, you know, this officer created a situation that did not need to be. He created an opportunity for him to use deadly force. It was reported in the news that his partner had returned to their vehicle to actually run the license plate of the car and get a little bit more information about who may have been driving the vehicle. And so if you understand that his partner had done that, what was the urgency, what was the exigent circumstance about stopping this car, preventing it from fleeing right here, right now? You have the vehicle description. You've already given it to your dispatch. If the car should get away, you can do a couple of things. You can get on your radio and request additional units to the area to try to cordon off the area and maybe stop this vehicle if you just need to really stop it. You could request an air unit overhead to possibly pick up the path that the vehicle is traveling. There were so many other things that this officer could have done rather than fire five shots into the car because it wouldn't stop. Police officers are not trained to shoot into cars to get them to stop. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in Arlington, Texas with this shooting because we know just a couple of weeks ago that the courts have said you don't get to shoot into cars that are leaving a scene. Remember in the case of uh, 15-year-old Jordan Edwards, former officer Roy Oliver was just convicted and sentenced to 15 years in prison because he shot into a car that was leaving the scene, a car that was leaving a party that contained 15-year-old Jordan Edwards. And the courts found, the jury found, that it was reckless and negligent and sentenced Roy Oliver to 15 years in prison for having done that. Now, I don't know if these officers in Arlington, Texas, happen to see that little bit of court video, <laughs> because one would think if you're paying attention to the news, you would comport yourself differently. So again, uh, this just happened over the weekend, and uh, we're going to have to pay attention and uh, see what happens going forward with this case. Now, listen, understand that O'Shea Terry was no angel. I get that. When they finally stopped his car and searched it, they found a Glock handgun, and uh, they found some marijuana, and I believe some ecstasy was in the car. And so while you know all of those things are problematic, they knew none of that. They certainly didn't know that there was a Glock in the car and they didn't know about the ecstasy. They knew about the marijuana, but those are not deadly offenses. Those are not reasons for someone to lose their life because you're smoking dope in your car in the 
middle of the day. It was 1.45 in the afternoon. And so this is all stuff that came out after the fact. And of course, now the police department and the, you know, I don't want to say the media, but I'll just say it's being reported. And, and I feel a lot of times they report these things because they want to dirty up the victim. They want to make it somehow the victim's fault. If he wouldn't have just, if he would have just stayed there, if he hadn't driven away, None of this would have happened. So somehow this is Mr. Terry's fault because he didn't drive away. But listen, people wanting to not go to jail is not uncommon. It's inherent to police work. It's what we encounter on a regular basis. I can't tell you how many people I've had run from me or or try to drive off. And so when somebody runs from you, whether it's on foot, well, if it's on foot, you got two choices. You can get ready to get some exercise and go get them or you catch them another day. You let them go. Same thing in a car. If somebody is trying to flee the scene, you can get in your car and pursue them. And we've seen certainly many vehicle pursuits. So you can pursue them in your car or you can let them go because you've got the license plate number and you've already radioed in. Hopefully if you're using good tactics, you don't stop a car without letting your dispatch know the identification of the vehicle and your location. So all that stuff should have already been done and known. There was no reason to shoot into the car because it was leaving. And we know, talked about this just uh, on a previous podcast about an officer who tased an 11-year-old shoplifting, alleged shoplifting suspect, 11-year-old girl, because why? He couldn't catch her because she ran and she wouldn't come here. She didn't stop when he told her to, so he tased this baby. Officers don't get to do that, and there really needs to be some accountability, and there needs to be uh, a, a, a punishment, a discipline that will send a message that you don't get to do those kinds of things and keep your job. You'll not only lose your job, but you'll also go to prison. So I don't know, um, absent that, what else a police department would even think would be a reasonable response. So now it's time for Did You Know? And Did You Know is going to talk a little bit about this whole controversy with Nike and Colin Kaepernick and people wanting to burn up their uh, Nike shoes because of this new campaign that they've created for um, Colin Kaepernick. And probably by now, most of you have seen um, this new campaign, which I think it says something like, believe in something, uh, even if it means sacrificing everything. So I just find it interesting that folks are willing and ready to to tear up stuff and burn up stuff that they've paid for. And what people need to know is Nike owns and sponsors a lot of stuff. And so did you know that Nike owns Converse, Jordan, Hurley? Did you know that Nike sponsors the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, U.S. basketball, U.S. soccer, handball? and a dozen of international club soccer teams. Did you know? Nike literally has their hands in everything that's athletic worldwide. They support a variety of U.S. colleges um, like the Air Force Falcons, Alabama Crimson Tide, Arizona Wildcats, Arkansas Razorbacks, Belmont Bruins, Boise State Broncos. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so if you're going to be burning up stuff and tearing up stuff, you're going to really need a whole lot more firewood. So until next time, that's it. Be good and be safe. This is America.
catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. You have been listening to the Sergeant Dorsey Speaks podcast, produced by the Get Global Network. Please take time to subscribe to the podcast on podcast platforms like iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, and many other platforms. The podcast is also available on the Alexa and Sonus wireless speaker systems. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.